Fans, we are live here at the Phoenix Country Club, host site of the 2023 Phoenix Challenger, and I am joined once again here on our show by a returning champion here at Crack Rackets, a man you know best as a former University of Illinois All-American. Of course, now you know him as the Cleveland Challenger champion, the Waco Challenger champion, a quarterfinalist here this week in Phoenix, and a man on the precipice of making his top 100 debut. It's our dear friend Alex Kovacevic. Kova. Welcome back to the show today. Three-set win over Richard Gasquet. What did that one mean to you? Yeah, I was, well, first of all, happy to be back. I always, <laughs> always like, like talking to you guys. Um, appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously meant meant a lot. Uh, I, I keep telling Brian, it's a little bit annoying that I have to play these guys at a challenger. It's like <laughs> I'm very happy to win, beat Richard Gasquet, but I was hoping to do it at Indian Wells and not, <laughs> yeah, not, in, sure. not in Phoenix. Uh, but, no, it's still obviously – Super happy to win. Um, he's a guy that I, you know, grew up watching, and as a fellow one-hander, definitely watched probably more than more than your usual person. So, um, I have a lot of respect for his game. I was watching some of his matches earlier in this tour. Well, when he played Emilio, and then, yeah, sure. then also just, I mean, even this year he's been playing. He, he won some. Title in Auckland, yeah. like like he's still playing really well, and it's pretty cool to see at, at his age that he's still balling. So um, I, I knew it was going to be a battle, and I almost uh, part part of the reason that let's say the ne the second set today didn't go so well was because the first set I I won the set six two, and I was like, is this really you know yeah, sure. happening? Like I'm I'm I don't know if it's supposed to be well. Obviously, the first set felt a little easy, but yeah, it's not supposed to be this easy against <laughs> yeah. a guy like that, and and it wasn't obviously. Uh, Ended up having to grind and, and win 6-4 in the third. But, uh, yeah, like I said, super happy to have got it done and uh, advanced here. This field is ridiculous so any 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 match any win here is 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 a huge win <laughs> I'm, i say this lovingly this might be a better draw than your draw in seoul from last yeah. like october november being like making the quarterfinals here as valuable because of again the quality of the field and you know again it's so fascinating to hear you talk about what it's like the mental block of facing a guy who uh, obviously you grew up watching mm. on tv and i'm curious as you've progressed from the challengers to the atp tour and just between levels here do you notice that big of a difference in the level of tennis because you hear so many players say it's two points here three points here that makes the difference between 200 and 500 in the world is there truth to that like is that something you've experienced throughout the course of these past two years yeah absolutely i mean i think um there is some truth to it like the challenger guys are are most of them are just as talented as the guys in the top 100. It, it is a little bit of a difference because, you know, the guys that are at top 100, and especially a guy like Gasquet, who, who's been doing this for so long and has experience at the, this level, like he'll capitalize when you, when I blip for, you yeah, know, sure. a few games, like match can be over just from that. Um, a little bit, I think at the challenger level, guys are still a little bit raw and, and okay. feeling, you know, I think it, if you're super solid at the challenger level, you'll get, you'll get some wins that, um, on days that maybe you're not feeling the best or you're not playing the best. And for me, that's been a little tougher when I'm playing these like ATP guys that like I, if I don't play particularly well or, or stay focused throughout the match, like I don't you get the win. So um, that's a little bit of a difference um, that I've seen. I, I've only really, I don't really have a big sample size. I've played, sure. you know, Seoul where I played some ATP guys and then uh, I played two ATP tournaments this year where I 
you know, lost first round. But um, I can't really say that much uh, about the difference in levels yet. But, you know, what was interesting is I did well in the ATP in, in Seoul. And I, I was like, you know, it's, I, I always knew that my high level was mm-hmm. it's pretty good to compete with all those guys. But I wanted to also go and win a challenger and, yeah, and, sure. and win a tournament. And uh, it's interesting because I went and, and won two challengers. Yeah. But I hadn't won an ATP match in a while <laughs> sure. since Seoul. So I was like, oh, do you know, I, now I did that. Do I still have the ATP level? And it's nice that, you know, winning matches like against Gasquet, against O'Connell, who, sure. you know, one of the Any last the matches he played was 7-5 and a third against yeah. Medvedev, who hasn't lost a match in a while. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's cool. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, this is kind of like the level that, you know, if, you're, if you want to be a consistent top 100 player, you've got to win these kind of matches. And mm-hmm. so I'm happy to, happy to do that. Well, the reason I bring all of that up is because yesterday I was watching a piece of content you did not with us, which I'm not offended. Don't worry. But you were doing something with the ATP Challenger Tour and you were breaking down some points uh, yeah. that they were showing you. Yeah. You said, look, I, I took a risk here. I was rewarded. That's how it works at this level. And that was so fascinating to me because I always say the worst part about watching in-person men's tennis is that you just sit to yourself, sorry, I'm going to swear, and you just think, how the fuck did anyone win this match? You're just like, you are both so good at tennis. And I'm curious because another one of those cliches you hear is that tennis is 90% mental and that confidence breeds confidence. Obviously, you have done some winning over the course of the past month. Have you found those cliches to be true? Do you feel a little bit more confident maybe going for that forehand line, going for that inside out, taking that leaping on the rise backhand, those little things? Like, do you just yeah. feel more confident executing them it, now? It's not so much a conscious thing, sure. really. Uh, I think just naturally playing at a higher level, like I'm just more comfortable doing things out on the court. But sure. I, it's not some con- conscious thing where I'm like, oh, because I'm confident, I'm feeling good, I'm going for that ball instead of, mm-hmm. you know, a safer shot. Uh, for one winning tends to be contagious and that's kind of yeah. rain true but not only because of yourself but because you know the other guys sense that you know you've been winning a lot and they know you're confident and and now it's maybe okay to lose to me or <laughs> yeah, you know sure. no but but no. that's a big thing um especially you see these guys breaking through it they start winning mm-hmm. and then everyone else is kind of like oh look this guy's doing well and mm-hmm. and so and that's why i think novak has done so well is because not only is he the best player in the world but everyone knows it. And everyone's scared to play him, and <laughs> sure. and and it goes both ways, you know. I think the same thing could be set up on Nadal recently. You know, unfortunately with his like injury struggles and stuff, he hasn't been playing at the highest level. Mm-hmm. And then you, you know, once he loses a couple matches that you know we never see him lose, like a match against, let's say, I I don't want to name names, but sure. you know, he loses some matches where you're like not used to seeing him lose. Yeah. The Sharks can kind of start to smell the blood, and and then and then not only is he he not playing at his highest level, but then. Also, the guys have the belief that they can beat him. Sure. Uh, that's what I think Novak's so good at is he never loses. So, like, <laughs> everyone there is scared no to belief. play him. And he's also playing just ridiculous tennis. So it's just, like, that on top of each other makes for him just, you know, going on these runs. That is so fascinating. And, you know, the last time we had you on the show after your Cleveland title, we talked about the work you did. Maybe that was right before your Cleveland. I forget if it was yeah. the semifinals final night. but And, by the way, that was a heck of a match over Wu Weeping, probably yeah. the best I've seen this year. Uh, but... You know, we talked about what you did in the offseason to raise your baseline level. You talked about putting in the time in the gym. You talked about obviously working with Brian and your entire team that you have. I'm curious about sustaining it here for six weeks. What has that process looked like? And, you know, again, it's year two for you or your second full year, I should say, on the ATP tour as a pro. What are you doing in between tournaments? What do you? What is the? Because you played what twenty matches, I would say something like that in the past five weeks. What are yeah. you doing to make sure the body, the mind, stay fit? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it, well, that's why training blocks are pretty important, and okay. that's why I'll, I'll take one after Miami for, <laughs> well, I think after Miami I have a week off, and I'll be at home, and depending how I do in Miami, it might turn into a week and a half of a training block. And then no, we'll say a week. Yeah, yeah hopefully a week. Yeah. Uh, then I go play Houston, and then after Houston, me and Tommy, Paul, are both going to do like a clay training block before before the next few tournaments of like two or three weeks. So those kind of moments are, are the ones where you kind of try to rebuild because a lot of this stuff on the road, it, it, you can, especially with the diet and stuff like that, where, you know, you can't always eat what you want. You, you can't do the fitness that you necessarily want. Fitness is, is the tennis on the court. Outside of that, you do a little bit of maintenance stuff. But like this week, for example, I was a qualifier here. I've played like every single day. It's hard to do. <laughs> any, I'm not doing any fitness outside of what I'm doing. And I'm already, my body's already kind of, break not I wouldn't say breaking yeah. down but in, in, a, in a certain sense I'm not as I don't feel as fit mm-hmm. and ready to go as I was five weeks ago sure. and uh, so you know when I'm done with Miami I'm gonna or Houston I'll, I'll uh, definitely try to rebuild and get my you know fitness in check and get my body right it's it, it's also for injury prevention as well like sure. you know making sure you're strong in the, in the right places and not yeah taking care of care of yourself i think i asked you this in cleveland but i want to ask you again if you could tell 15 year old version of yourself anything would it be dude stretch after every court like trust me it's worth it yeah no the 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 things i do now it's it's interesting because they kind of fill up my whole day like i mean i'm meeting with you now but the last two hours i've been i saw john the physio up there i got a massage i I ate well like I, i there's a lot of things that in some way you can look at chores but but it's kind of just i've got an ingrained into my daily routine to where I don't even think about it. I just do it. And uh, so for that reason, it's not really even a chore anymore. It's just something I do. And um, it's it's part of being a pro. And it's something I learned that all the, all, all the top pros are doing that. So if I'm not doing that, I'm an idiot. So yeah. uh, <laughs> well or, or I'm just ignorant. I'm not taking cues. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. So, I mean. Yeah, it is fascinating to hear you say five weeks of playing matches, all of us laymen would think to ourselves, oh, I'm getting in better shape through yeah. playing. You feel yourself actually getting in worse shape? I mean, not worse shape, yeah. but you, it, you're not sustaining. Like, you feel it on the margins. I, I mean, I don't necessarily feel it. I just kind of know. Like, yeah, sure. I, I can feel like I don't have as much, let's say, mass, muscle mass as, yeah. I, I, as I would. I'm not in the gym as much at all, like, really compared yeah. to, you know, what I was doing in the off season, where I feel like, you know, my legs are super strong. Everything's super strong. Right now I'm at a point where, I mean, especially after these long matches, like, I'm a little bit tired, but I'm also, like, you know, hurting somewhere, like, body's aching, and it's just, it's, I don't feel as ready, like, as fresh. It's just, it's a feeling of when you're, when you feel after a preseason where the whole point is to make yourself prime to go, that's just kind of the, the purpose of it. The yeah. purpose of playing these matches is not to prime yourself. If anything, you just leave it all out there and hope sure. that you can get through the next match, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly where my fitness is at. I'm, I'm holding up pretty well, and I think, and all the other guys are kind of in the same scenario too. It's not, you know, it's most of these guys are playing the same, same similar schedule to me. So it's not really a battle of me against other guys that are super fit or super yeah, pr- fresh. Sure. But it's, yeah, we're all in the same boat. Yeah, no, it's fascinating to see, and obviously with all of that in mind, your quarterfinalist here this week. I'm sorry to say it, but I know you'll think about it. I, I was told Brian's like, don't say this, but I got to ask it anyways. You're 101 in the live rankings. Yeah. Is that something you think about? Is that something you see? I mean, again, you're not yeah. actively chasing, but are you aware? Oh, and what I, would it mean to you to crack that top? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely aware of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a ch- childhood dream. That's something sure. all every tennis player, that's the mark kind of, of yeah. like somewhat like, you know, you made it in tennis yeah. if you crack the top 100. Obviously, there's more to go, top 50, top 20. And that the, uh, eventually, like, I mean, those are kind of my goals. But this is a big milestone that would be, you know, nice to 
cross off. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> no matter what I do in my entire life up after that, that's something I can always kind of take with me. So yeah. no. definitely something I, I think about, but I've also kind of accepted that I don't want this to come off arrogant, but it's just kind of, you know, it'll come out with the work yeah it's just yeah, uh, sure. it's a consequence of what i've been doing i don't I, yeah i don't i'm not nervous about hey if i do, if, let's let's do it this week or next week. Yeah. I, I i think if i keep doing the things i've been doing it's it's gonna come and with easier than i think yeah well that's so fascinating because again and i know we talked about this a little bit off mic i'll ask you on mic now you are in that fascinating spot clay court season on the horizon you know there are some hardcore challengers you could go play if you want to chase the points you already said it, clay court training block with Tommy. Yeah. Why is that the decision you are leaning towards in this moment? Well, I mean, I, I you know, I never really played that much on clay. Yeah, sure. From if I want to be a, you know, steady top, top hundred, player. top fifty player, like, and I mean, what 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 in tennis really matters? It's it's the Grand Slams. It's yeah. the you know these big tournaments. It's not. I, I don't want to. I don't care about just propping myself into the top 100 sure. you know and I, I mean it w maybe immediately it would be a nice little jump if i went over to you know played some hardcore events and got the top 80 in the world but um at some point in my career i'm gonna have to you know face yeah. the clay and 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 you know play it and so i think i might as well do it now yeah um you looking forward to the challenge what's the one thing about clay court tennis you're most excited for versus most concerned for? Yeah, so, I mean, I'm excited because I, I it's not that I don't think I'm good on clay. I just you never really played, yeah, so I, sure. I, don't, I don't know. I think there's a couple things in my game that, that could translate well to clay. I, I, I like to dictate with my forehand. I sometimes like time on the court. Um, as J.J. Wolf told me one time, he's like, I love slow courts because I can hit winners and they can't. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's, yeah it's true. But um, so... Uh, that's exciting and also just playing I mean going to Madrid going to these mm -hmm. like uh, Europe these cool cool tournaments and I mean ATP ATP tour tournaments are always like you know that's what we play for um, we get the crowds I mean Phoenix fortunately has a great crowd mm -hmm. but like usually at the Challenger Tour it's not m many m many yeah. people coming out and so playing in front of you know a lot of people against great players sure. that's that's what I'm excited about what I'm nervous about is the same kind of thing I, I don't really know how I'm going to be on clay mm -hmm. um it's not the most ideal thing to go and you know lose five weeks in a row or something in the first round because I don't know what I'm doing out there. But I, I think with you know Tommy's a great clay court player. He won Junior French Open. He's sure. he's looking forward to a good you know um, clay court swing and and I think joining him for like three weeks on clay, I'll be able to see you know how to play and learn those things pretty pretty quickly. I think and 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 yeah I, and like I said, I'm pretty confident and so like. I think, you know, I can translate it to the clay, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. Last three questions yeah. for you, all fun ones. You mentioned the crowd here in Phoenix. 1-5, 15 love. Was that the dumbest shot you've ever hit in your life? Yeah. I looked at my coach after and he was, <laughs> he was furious. Uh, and for those that don't know, Kova hits essentially an ace. And, like, again, Gasquet gets his racket on. It's trickling <laughs> over. All you had to do was hit the overhead winner. Yeah. You whiff on the overhead, which literally there was a half second where I was like, oh, my God, did he just whiff? And then you tried to let the ball yeah. drop on your hip yeah. and just knock it in. Again, it was fun. And to that extent, and I say this lovingly, when did you get good at engaging the crowd? When did that become a thing you were focused on? Because if you'll allow me to say it, I think you've gotten much, much better at it, and it's noticeable. Yeah, uh, that shot, I did it in practice like two days ago, and it, and it worked out, <laughs> and it was pretty embarrassing to miss it because I think it would have been nice for the crowd to see me yeah. make it. Even but. Richard gave you a thumbs up. He was yeah. like, I respect yeah, the attempt. Yeah, yeah. No, it's I, I didn't want to look at anyone after I hit that. <laughs> but, um, 
No, I honestly, I think in Cleveland, I used the crowd pretty well. Yeah. And a few times before that, I, I once I started kind of being able to hone the energy to, to yeah. positively and seeing it like kind of actually help me, mm-hmm. that's when I started to kind of use it, um, use it more. I'm pretty locked in out there, and I, I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I don't really like too much outside uh, energy in any way, yeah. bad or good. And so... Usually, yeah, uh, but like sure. I, I found that having the crowd get into it a little bit on some big points and gives me a little extra energy, and I, I, I played well on some some of the big points when when I get the crowd into it. So, and then also it's just fun. Yeah, so like <laughs> sure. so it's all just bonus. It's, it's all it's all plus. So yeah. like uh, yeah. Yeah. Ever since I kind of came to that realization, I've been. I've been You've been using, doing great. That's something yeah. I like, wish more play. Well, not when they're playing you, yeah. but I wish more players would do it because like you get the crowd engaged. You yeah. make them enjoy the sporting event do yeah. you feel like players don't do that typically in your experience uh no yeah, yeah not so much i think a lot of players are are like i said locked in but almost sure. to an extent that they don't care about anything mm-hmm. at all and sometimes that's a good thing like honestly there's when i have a good crowd there's shots that i hit that i do i hit them yeah no because of the crowd sure and like because i know it's going to Get him going. It's gonna get him going. If I hit a, <laughs> if I go backhand cross and play the high percentage ball, yeah, it's I'll have a maybe win the point. But if I go backhand line winner, <laughs> I'll get the crowd going. It's it's just a good time, and I sure. I like I like you know providing a good time as yeah. well. So um, it's always appreciated yeah. for what. But it's then right. I also make them sometimes, and yeah. it's like maybe it was the right shot. Yeah. So it's like I don't know. Um, <laughs> like that backhand I hit on the match point was I mean. That closed out the match. You didn't expect it at all. And, Absolutely. And I did that, I think, partially because of the crowd. And so, like, I don't know. No, it, we are. it was very well done. And, you know, to that end, yes, uh, was the it was the worst shot I've ever seen yeah. you hit. And I say yeah. that lovingly. But, again, you made up for it with yeah. the engagement with the crowd. And, you know, again, to, to that end, this Phoenix crowd, it's been really impressive, right? And yeah. I know you had the opportunity, this Phoenix event, the uh, sent you courtside yesterday for the Phoenix Suns game. Yeah. Just, again, talk to me about this Phoenix event, what they've done for you, Johnny, and this whole team. Yeah, well, the, the Johnny got us unbelievable tickets last night. That was <laughs> that was really cool to see. Like, I've never been courtside for a basketball game, yeah. so that was that was amazing. Um, Anna, as well, has been just a huge help, yeah. like, with everything. Our uh, tournament director, for those listening yeah, that don't just, know yet. Yeah, uh, just helping with everything hospitality getting i got a couple friends who came out today she got them tickets set up everything um but yeah i mean honestly uh, it would be crazy to me if we didn't have a packed crowd when you got number 23 in the world playing at at phoenix challenger it it would that that's a point where i'd be really disappointed if you didn't have a lot of people because if if i was a you know a tennis fan and i am a tennis fan but i you know if i wasn't playing like I'd be like, oh my God! I get to see Berrettini play like 100%. two feet from me. Like he's usually he'd only plays in the big, biggest stadiums in the world. So it's like, it's a little bit natural that we'll get we'll get a nice crowd here. But like, yeah, it's it's amazing that we have this like nice nice facility. The golf in the background yeah, it's is crazy. The scenery, everything, and the, and then the the court looks super nice. We got the automatic line calling, yeah. uh, which is still a little bit iffy, but but it, in a lot of ways, it's getting there. Better than what I had in Waco. Waco, yeah. Waco was. <laughs> was rough but um so yeah i mean this whole event i came here last year and it was amazing and this year's been just as good and uh, yeah. no i love to hear it and so with that said my last question for you here again 2023 season approach uh still plenty of meat left on the bone what are you focused on i mean again i know you look more near term than long term yeah. it's a marathon not a sprint 
What are you focused on in the near term to ensure that you can continue to sustain this level throughout the rest of the season and moving forward yeah. in your career? Well, like I said, training blocks. I mean, a big reason why I'm doing well now is because how, how hard I went in the off season. So I've seen like the work. And you, know, you can out. make you can draw a direct through line. You're yeah. like, I know this is from yeah. December. This is well, yeah. January, I mean, et cetera. Yeah. You don't always know. Like you don't. Yeah. Okay. Work really hard and know that you're gonna get results after. But yeah. this time it kind of rained true, and I had a really good off season with like guys like Tiafo with Tommy like you know the best in the world so it was like um i know that that really helped me a lot um mm -hmm. and yeah for now, you, clearly. yeah yeah no i mean everyone's doing well and it's that's super cool to see because we were all kind of like a little team yeah and then we you know go out to play everyone else and, and we're all doing well so it's great but uh no now it's about you know yeah like i've been on the road for like six weeks i'm gonna go home um, do a nice little training block try to develop well on clay and if that doesn't work out you know try, try to start being a real you know mm -hmm. top 100 professional tennis player where i'm playing the big events getting ready for them getting ready for the french open the right way and doing the training blocks the right way i have i you know uh, my coach brian is is mentored by brad stein and, yeah, sure. and like so we're all kind of like a team where we're all we're talking brad stein's been doing this for like so long and developing amazing players so all those voices i'm kind of hearing and and seeing what you know getting all the information seeing what's best for me to do mm -hmm. And that, that's all. Well, taking it one, one yeah. week at a time. No, I like to hear. Well, to that, I guess the bonus question here: You allowed a new voice into your player box here today. How did Coach Alex Gruskin perform? <laughs> yeah, he didn't coach much, but he did, <laughs> um, which maybe you should have coached me a little more. It would have been a little easier, but that yeah, no, was great. Yeah, I was happy that you weren't fully neutral for once. So yeah. That was nice. um, yeah. yeah, listeners, that's a lie. I was fully neutral. Yeah. He's lying to you. No, yeah. I. Uh, yeah, I could have told you to move your feet more. I was just, like, yeah. only positive. I was like, well, here's the thing. I wanted to say, like, dude, just serve to his body, please. <laughs> like, just make a first serve. But the problem is if I say that, first of all, Brian's going to look at me and be like, dude, shut up. Yeah, yeah then you're going to look at me and be like, nah, dude, no, yeah, you'll, that's, you'll that's, just chuckle. You're some, that's a worst-case scenario you're making up in your head. Yeah. I do that, too. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's no, true. I was the one afraid. Yeah. But, no, I really appreciated uh, you allowing me to do that. And, obviously, I always appreciate getting the chance to chat and hang out. So, Alexander Kovacevic, thank you, as always. Good luck to you, not just this week, but, obviously, moving forward. Thank you, sir.